there, I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008, helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. So today we're going to talk about period pain, all things period pain and endometriosis. We're also going to have a look at adenomyosis as well, because one of the main things about adenomyosis is the pain. Um, adenomyosis is the evil twin or the evil cousin of endometriosis and it's very common that the two go hand in hand and one of the major symptoms one of the major identifiers of adenomyosis is the pain so it's worth talking about adenomyosis today in this podcast so we will so we're going to talk about um, what healthy pain feels like in terms of a menstrual cycle we're going to talk a little bit about what the cycle does and why we get the pain. We're going to talk about where the pain is and how it manifests in terms of endo and adenomyosis. And we're also going to talk a little bit about some quick top tips that you can do to alleviate the pain that you may be feeling. Um, First thing, pain is a massive subject when it comes to endometriosis. I actually run a 90 minute webinar on endometriosis and pain. So this podcast is just gonna kind of scratch at the surface of pain, but I hope it's gonna give you enough information that will enable you to to manage your pain a little bit better, or certainly to understand it as well, if 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 it isn't enough for you to manage it, but I'm hoping it will be. So the first thing to say about period pain is that period pain is not healthy. We are told a lot when we are being educated And this is, thankfully, this is changing, but we are told a lot when we're educated about the period that pain is part and parcel of being a woman. And that's so sad because it really isn't. In a healthy period, you should have one to three days of mild cramping. That's as much as as you should be feeling when you're having the, the, or in the run-up to the bleed part of your cycle. It tends to start one or two days before you bleed and can maybe lead to the first day of the actual bleed. Um, So it's important to say that if you're getting pain that lasts longer than that, or if you're getting pain that's more severe than that, that can be a symptom that there's something else going on. So it's worth getting checked out. In a healthy period, in a healthy menstrual cycle, that's the only time that you should feel these crampings and things. If you're getting pain at any other part of the cycle, even ovulation, then again, that's a symptom that there could be something going on and it's worth getting investigated. So a healthy period shouldn't have any pain. I'll say that again. A healthy period shouldn't have any pain. Certainly not pain that's debilitating, that requires you to take a day or two or longer in bed. That's not a healthy cycle. And it's so sad. Most people who come to see me don't come to me because of the pain that they're experiencing. Even if even if that pain does mean that even one, two, three weeks of the year, uh, three weeks of the year, that would be nice, three weeks of the month, they are, they are experiencing crippling pain. There is still a mentality there that that's part and parcel of, of a period. Most people come to see, the, the main reason people come to seek my help is the fatigue, the level of fatigue that's impacting on their life. Um, 
which is really sad because people, like I say, could be having crippling pain and they're just like, oh yeah, no, I just manage that. I just make adjustments for that. It's the fatigue I can't deal with. We should be looking at this pain and really seeking help because that's what is the most debilitating. Well, actually, no, fatigue is pretty debilitating as well, but pain is isn't part and parcel. We shouldn't see it as normal. We shouldn't see it as just something to manage. It should be something that we do seek help with. But sadly, that rhetoric is still there, that it's still just part and parcel of, of being a woman. If I can do anything to change that rhetoric, I do and I will. Um, so yeah, interestingly, it's, it's one of the most common symptoms of endometriosis, but it's not necessarily the main reason that people seek help. Um, also important to stress as well that not everybody gets pain with endometriosis. We talk about endometriosis being a painful condition and quite often if you Google endometriosis, if you speak to doctors about endometriosis, they will talk about it as a painful condition and for many, many, many women it is incredibly painful. However, for some women there's no pain involved at all and that does not detract from your endometriosis. If you have endometriosis and you don't have pain, then you're still valid you still have endometriosis and all the other stuff that you've got going on with your endo is not minimalized just because you don't have pain with it it's also important to state as well that quite a few people over the years have come to me saying they don't have pain with their endometriosis and actually when we start tracking things they do have pain some quite significant pain but they've always just believed that that's part of a normal cycle. So they don't put it down to their endometriosis. So you may think you don't have pain with your endometriosis, but if you're getting any pain in your cycle, then please do list pain as one of the one of the symptoms. Even if it doesn't have you in bed for three days, even if it's just debilitating pain for a day or however your pain manifests, please do list it as a symptom of your endo. Don't just think, oh no, that's just my period. That's not my endometriosis. These are all linked any pain other than light flutterings for, two, for one, two, three days uh, a cycle is worth putting down as an endo symptom. So why do we get pain? Well, in a textbook uh, menstrual cycle, what happens is um, essentially around that time of the, of the cycle, the, the egg hasn't been fertilised. So the body sheds the egg along with the, the uterus lining. So the lining of the womb is shed by the body because it's not needed. So essentially what happens before that is it's getting nice and plump, ready for implantation. Implantation doesn't happen. So it's it's all essentially it's shedded. And what happens to shed that? Well, the, the womb essentially contracts. So it's kind of the same contractions that you get when you're having a baby, but on a very, 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 very minimal scale. So it's nowhere near as painful as having a baby in a textbook, in a healthy cycle. So when you get when the when you in a healthy cycle when you feel the flutterings that's essentially your womb muscles contracting gently almost like a wave effect to to shed to help the shedding of this lining. When you have adenomyosis, so adenomyosis is where the endometrial type tissue so it's similar to endo but it's when the endometrial endometrial type tissue implants directly into the uterus lining. So whilst the uterus is doing its gentle contractions you're getting this ripping apart of the of the adenomyosis of the endotype tissue. So even though the movements are gentle and it might not be the contractions are any harder, it could just be the still the gentle flowing contractions that, that a healthy cycle would see. But because you've got that scar tissue there, that, that adhesion, the endometriosis type adenomyosis, 
you're essentially ripping open a scab every time that happens. And that's why you get that intense searing heat pain, the stabbing pain deep in your in your in your womb. That's because of the scar tissue that's in the muscle lining. So every time if, if you think about bending your finger with a scab on it and you bend it, it gets tight, which hurts. And then if you bend it a little bit further, it rips it open. The exact same thing's happening in the womb lining. Sorry, in the in the muscles. So that's why you get such intense pain with adenomyosis. And that's because although the endometrial type tissue isn't as widespread as endometriosis, the positioning of the tissue means that at that specific point in the period, it's just massively intensifying the, the feelings that's happening because you're, in, in essence, ripping open scar tissue every time the, the contraction happens. With endometriosis, you're getting pain all over the place. So you could be getting it at any point because essentially what's happening with endometriosis is the womb type lining, <clears throat> sorry, the tissue, the, the womb type tissue, the womb lining type tissue is um, is growing in any place. And that tissue acts in exactly the same way that the womb lining is doing. So if you've got endometriosis adhesions on, say, your bowel, then that those adhesions are acting in the same way that the womb lining is. So it's swelling just before the bleed and then it's shedding. So it's doing the exact same thing. So that's why you're getting the pain in other places when you've got endometriosis. It's because you've got this womb um, transition happening outside of the womb, this womb tissue transition happening outside of the womb. So that's why you're getting these weird feelings. And sometimes it isn't even pain. Sometimes it's just like a a feeling that something is there that shouldn't be there. That's why you're getting these feelings because your your endometrial type tissue is everywhere else other than where it should. Well, you know you've got it where it should be as well, but it's growing everywhere else um, or somewhere else, and it's acting in the same way. So you're getting the same sensations outside of the womb that's happening within the womb tissue in the womb. Now the reason for this. With endometriosis, it's not quite, it can be the same as adenomyosis, so you can have it on your muscles, so you can have it, so when your muscles are contracting, so when you're moving, because the tissue is swollen and shedding, even if you're moving normally, so if you've got it, quite often it can be implanted on the muscles and the tendons and the connective tissue just throughout the abdomen. So as you're moving normally, as you're walking, as you're standing up, twisting, you're doing the exact same thing as I've just talked about with adenomyosis. You're kind of essentially ripping open a scab so when you're moving and it's hurting, that's why it's hurting. It's hurting where you've got the endometriosis lesions and those lesions are swelling, they're shedding. But as you're moving it, it's like ripping open that scar tissue. So that's why it's happening with endometriosis. One of the reasons that it's happening as well is hormonal imbalance. Um, a lot of women, we just assume that we've got two major hormones in our bodies. We don't. We have, we have a plethora of hormones that's going on. And at any point in our cycle, these hormones are at a very, very delicate, delicate balance. These hormones are working together to trigger certain events throughout our menstrual cycle. At this part of our cycle, essentially what's happening is um, the... The, the, there are two two hormones that are working together at this part of our cycle, in essence, to start the shedding of the um, of the womb lining. So essentially, what happens? Our body our body knows it's not pregnant. So the cycle the the balance of the hormones shifts, 
and the hormones the the hormones start telling our womb lining that it's not needed so it starts the it's the hormones that are triggering the shedding now if you have a hormonal imbalance element to your endometriosis and again not everybody does but if you have this hormonal imbalance to your endometriosis this can massively impact on the pain as well it can impact in two ways it essentially can impact on the um, the strength of the contractions so quite often when I was saying before about how excuse me how the contractions are nowhere like the contractions when you're having a baby actually what can happen if you've got an imbalance of the hormone that's triggering the the um, the contractions your contractions can feel like you're having a baby and anywhere in between on that sliding scale because your body is being told by that the overproduct over overproduction of that particular hormone through that overproduction your body is being told that it's time to have a contraction and that can be akin to having a baby so when you hear people saying they're fainting with the pain it's like they're having a baby that's because the hormone balance the hormone is so imbalanced that it's telling the the womb to contract like it was trying to give birth um again and again the second hormone well the other hormone is not there are still other hormones at play, but the second major hormone also increases the amount of swelling and the amount of, of sort of production of blood and tissue. So essentially that's what's happening to, to cause the pain. So it's not that anything different's happening. We're still having the exact same process of a healthy menstrual cycle. It's just something is slightly out of balance. Then you add in the scar tissue, you add in the adhesions, you add in the overabundance of the endometrial type tissue and you have just a hodgepodge of painful things going on. Some of you will have all of these, some of you will have just maybe one or two adhesions, so it does vary and again it doesn't detract. You might have tons of pain, you might have no pain, it doesn't detract from how severe you have your endometriosis and the other symptoms, the other things that you've got going on. It's just a very personal thing in terms of your pain. So in terms of managing your pain, in terms of reducing your pain, um, like I say, it's really the normal does not equate to healthy. It's really important to understand what pain looks like for you, what is normal for you. Normal does not mean healthy, and normal does not mean that it's going to be normal forever. But once you understand what is normal for your cycle, you can then start to address it. And when you address it, normal disappears and you move from normal to healthy. Um, it is doable. It is very doable. It doesn't have to be arduous to do it. But the key thing is to understand how pain manifests for you. So what type of pain are you getting? When are you getting it? Once you understand that, you can really start to address it because you can look to start to see whether you have a hormonal element, whether it is um, non-hormonal, whatever's going on for you, you can start to understand it. And that's when you can start to, to address it, when you understand what's causing it. One of the major things as well to say here is a lot of period pain. Um, in the last episode, we talked about period shame and how period shame can cause us to, um, and that, that sounds like I'm putting the blame on us. The blame isn't on us at all. None of this is your fault. But essentially what happens is the body goes through some learned responses. So if you're dealing with things like shame, if you're dealing with things like anxiety and fear, then that can cause your period pain to manifest so much harder. So it actually impacts on your period pain. Anxiety, if you think about what happens to your body when you're anxious, all your muscles tense up. So if you've got tense muscles, those contractions are going to hurt even more. 
the same way, exactly the same way as if you're having a baby or if you're constipated. That tension, that muscle tension just hurts so much more. When you're giving blood, when you're having a blood test, the more tense you are, the more it hurts. It's exactly the same with your period pain. So the first thing is, if in terms of managing pain, is relaxation. When we talk about breathing exercises, and I've had so much rubbish thrown at me over the years for sort of saying one of the key things in terms of period pain management is correct breath work, but it's so true. Breathing deep into the abdomen, taking long breaths, shallow breaths are really bad if you're breathing from the top part of your lungs, that can exacerbate stress. So make sure when you're breathing, you're breathing nice, long, deep breaths deep into the abdomen. That is fantastic in terms of increasing oxygen, decreasing tension and therefore decreasing the level of pain that you're experiencing. It's not getting to the cause. This is very much just symptom management. But in terms of symptom management, breath work is really important. Also in terms of symptom management, prevention is better than cure. So keep hydrated. Again, we're talking about muscles. We're talking about body tissue. The amount of water, the percentage of water in our bodies is huge. And the more we drink, the more hydrated we are, the better everything works. Think about it in terms of athletes. If you're exercising and you're dehydrated, things start to cramp, things don't work very well. It's exactly the same principle when it comes to your menstrual cycle. The more um, hydrated you are, the easier things flow. And the more hydrated your muscles are, the less painful the whole thing is. So relaxation, sleep is massively important. Get some good sleep. When you understand how your cycle works, when you understand how it manifests for you, you can start to see when you will be bleeding. So you'll know in advance when you will be getting your pain. If your pain happens a week, two weeks before bleeding, then once you understand your cycle, you'll be able to pinpoint when your pain is going to start. Make sure you're hydrated before then. Make sure you're getting good sleep. Make sure you're cutting down on all the, quote, unhealthy activities. So things that you know trigger your endo. Because if you're recording everything, if you're tracking everything, you'll know what makes things worse. So cut down on the things that you know make your pain worse. So if it is triggered by diet, if diet is one of your, your pain triggers, make sure you're not eating things in the run-up to your bleed rather than just at that time. Or I say the bleed, in the run-up to the pain rather than just at the time that that pain's happening. Prevention is better than cure. So keep hydrated, keep relaxed, get good sleep in the run-up. So in terms of managing it when it's happening, heat is, is brilliant. Heat, again, is a really nice way to relax. So we're just talking about relaxing those muscles. The more relaxation we can have, and again, this is just pure symptom management. This is not talking about how to stop the pain happening as such. It will reduce it a little bit, but until you get rid of the endometriosis or the adenomyosis, the pain is, is an element of the pain is still going to be there. What we're talking about here is reducing the levels of pains that you get, pain that you're getting. Heat's really, really good. Um, things like um, hot water bottles, basic heat heat um, patches, things like that can really help. Um, also castor oil packs, if you're using those with heat as well, that's a really nice way because the castor oil draws out some of the toxins as well. So the toxins, it's almost like a lactic acid build up, the same example of, as lactic acid. When you're running and you get a stitch, exactly the same can happen with your period pain. So you're kind of getting a buildup of toxins, which is just adding to the pain. And things like stomach massage is really nice for, for 
counteracting the pain and castor oil packs are the same and they actually get rid of the toxins they're moving the toxins around so you're not getting that stagnant buildup of toxins so i'd recommend those as well increasing vitamin e can help it doesn't necessarily help it depends on what's triggering your pain but vitamin e can can help with especially if you've got adenomyosis or the contractions so if the contractions are either really strong that contraction type pain or you're getting intense pain with the smaller contractions, vitamin E can, can often help with that. Um, like I say, relaxation, getting rid of stress and anxiety from your body, from your mind is essential. Fabulous way to manage pain. And it sounds so simple, and please don't get annoyed when I say it. It, is, it, is, it isn't simple to do, but the impact it can have is is huge. Hydration and de-anxietying yourself, the impact is massive. And then um, painkillers as well. So I'm not anti I'm not anti painkillers. What I am anti is just popping a painkiller as a preemptive strategy, or every time you feel like you're getting a pain because your body becomes resilient to painkillers. So the more painkillers you take, the more point painkillers you need to take. So try the try the other methods. And then take the painkillers as a last resort. Um, your non-steroid anti-inflammatory painkillers are the best. So things like aspirin, um, naproxen if you have to. But I, I, I personally, I stay clear of things like that. But if, if you have to, if, if you're that bad and, and the, the sort of the other things haven't quite kicked in. Ibuprofen, ibuprofen is one as well that can, that can really help. Um, so there we have some top tips. So just to reiterate, hydration, relaxation, sleep, gentle movement as well. So gentle movement, again, once you understand your cycle, um, if you start moving just before you're going to get your pain, that can help prevent some of the pain as well. And when I talk about gentle movement, it's kind of what works best for you. If you're a, if you're a gym bunny, then high intensity stuff isn't going to isn't going to impact negatively at all if your body's used to it. If you're not so much of a gym body, then just doing some gentle qigong movements. Um, there's some fabulous people on YouTube that do, do really nice qigong movements. If you if you find something that's qigong for lower back, qigong for for abdomen, it's dead simple to do if you if you do the basics. It's really just nice gentle flowing movements. Something so simple as just twisting slowly and gently from. I'm doing it now, which you might I might sound a bit weird when I'm talking, <laughs> but it's a sort of um, twisting really gently, keeping your hips facing forward and just twisting your upper body really really gently, stretching stretching to the sky. Stand with your legs hip width apart. Push your feet actively. Push your feet into the ground. Lift your hands to the to the ceiling and push, try and push the ceiling, lifting the sky. It's called try and lift the sky. So you're pushing your feet down and you're lifting the sky, you're pushing your hands actively up. That's a really nice gentle stretch. Just nice gentle stretches can do wonders, especially in the run-up, if you don't leave it until you're actually in pain, but in the run-up to the painful period, as in painful time, not painful bleed, because as we know, we can get pain at any time. Um, vitamin E may help. Um, and yeah, and your, and your painkillers as well. They're kind of the main top tips I've got. And again, it depends what triggers your pain. It depends how your pain is, how it manifests for you. There are tons of other things you can do as well. So if you do have a top tip for other people, please do, do, um, let us know because it's, or pop it in the comments. I was going to say pop it in the comments, but then I couldn't remember if there's comments on podcasts, but anyway, um, yeah, if you do have top tips, whatever works for you, 
use it but do try and build in the hydration and the sleep and the movement as a regular thing because you'll find that if you do that the pain that starts will be less so you'll have to deal with less pain as it goes through okay I hope that's been helpful I'm I'm really sorry if you're struggling with pain at the moment just know that there are things you can do to to alleviate that pain and to start to feel better um, the first thing to do is to believe that you can the second thing to do is just to take small steps towards it track everything understand how your pain manifests and why it's manifesting for you and that's the easiest way or the most comprehensive way of being able to deal with it longer term thank you for listening to today's podcast if you liked what you heard then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes You can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources, as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.